Hey everybody, um, welcome back to the Matters of the Mind, episode 2. Um, I'm so excited because we have a new guest speaker today, Shika, um, who is in Spain, in this, who took a, a spot for Wipilo Kutumela, who couldn't make it today because she felt that Shika has more experience um, concerning mental illness and Christianity. Um, but we're going to start with... Um, offering our deepest condolences to the family of Nene Mokhojana, mm-hmm. um, and anyone who was mourning her death, especially UCT students. Um, and also, we would like to talk about the xenophobic attacks that were happening all over um, South Africa. You know, in um, Pretoria and in Jobek mainly and I just want to quote uh, something that I found that says uh, no resolution can ever come out of a situation through retaliation and that uh, being said I'm, I'm just going to highlight that you know it's, it's, it's fair to find a, resol- a better resolution to things than war because um the killings and and everything of people is just not a resolution do you agree shika yeah definitely i agree with that Mm. and um with this situation um things can escalate very easily it's easy to react out of anger but it's difficult to um come up with a solution when we're a bit more calm mm. yeah yeah no thank you so much for that i just wanted to hear your idea before we move on because um we don't want to have conflicting ideas before anything else um otherwise i have unfortunate news about um my co-host uh she asked to be excused from the podcast for the rest of the year uh she's gonna return next year otherwise until further notice um, and as always, we'd like to start with a quote um, by J.M. Storm. And as we all know, today we're going to be talking about mental illness and Christianity. And I just want to highlight um, this quote to everyone. So it says, she is a beautiful piece of broken pottery put back together by her own hands. And a critical world judges her cracks while missing the beauty of how she made herself whole again. And um, regardless of the point that highlights she, I think it's best for all of us to just take into consideration of what we battle through on a daily basis. And and yeah, just building ourselves up together, you know, to become a better version of us. And with uh, having said that, I think it's best to always embrace your cracks. Um, because they are own, they are your own beauty. Um, so I also would like to refer everyone listening to this podcast to the Alpha Show to listen to the episode that was recently released uh, of gender-based violence. Mm-hmm. I I found it very essential, especially uh, the male figures. In South Africa, I think it, it would be essential for everyone to just go check it out. Um, I would like to introduce, well, she's going to introduce herself, but um, we're having Shika today, like I said, is going to be talking about sharing her mental experience and mental illness experiences um, and highlighting on how she dealt with it um, as a Christian. 
yeah, and as a female figure. So, Ishika, would you mind introducing yourself to us today? Um, sure. Hi, everyone. My name is Shika. Um, I'm 21. Uh, I'm from Pretoria. I'm a third year occupational therapy student at UCT. Okay, that's yeah. amazing. <laughs> um, and please say one interesting fact about yourself. Wow, just yeah. one. <laughs> um, what's interesting about me? Um, wow. I suck at answering questions. Is it? Yeah, when I'm put on the spot. <laughs> wow. Okay. So, well, brace yourself because today we're going to have a lot of questions here. Apparently. Yep. Um, anyway, thank you so much. So, we're just going to uh, get right into it. So, Shika, uh, I just want to ask you about your reflection um, in in the the past week we went through you know a very tragic experience mm -hmm. of you know losing nene of, uh, through a tragic death and you know gender-based violence um issues and everything um so i just want to hear about your reflection how that affected you as a female figure and yeah how you you know if you coped with it how did you manage to do that um and yeah just generally anything about your experience and how it directly or indirectly affected mm, you yeah um so when i first heard that she went missing um so i, I didn't know her personally yeah so when i first heard that she went missing i you know admittedly didn't take it too seriously in the fact that I hope she'd be found, you know, mm. especially those first couple of days. Yeah. You know, you're always wishing that it's something that's easily explained. Maybe mm. she went away for a few days yeah. and came back. Mm -hmm. And with time, um, seeing that, you know, so many people, so many friends of hers were so passionate mm. about um, her getting found, it, you know, it really highlighted like the importance of friendship for me. Mm. And like, that's when it sunk in, like, you know, someone has gone missing. Yeah. And I think when you live a sort of an everyday life, you forget that, yeah. you know, your safety, especially as a woman, mm. it's not guaranteed. I think, you know, as you go lectures, as you come back, you kind of take protection and safety for granted. Yeah. Yeah. And when we got the email from UCT saying um, it seems like they've um, arrested a suspect in connection yeah. with the event mm -hmm. and she's going to, I mean, the suspect is going to give a testimony that will um, sort of conclude this matter. Yeah. I alluded, what I alluded from that is that um, she, she is, you know, gone, yeah. you know, and I think this whole week, has made me acknowledge the pain. Yeah. It is, it's sore. Yeah. And before we get like super articulate and say all the right things about mm -hmm. gender-based violence and the stats and the problems, mm -hmm. like we need to acknowledge the pain. Yeah. Can you imagine, you yeah. know, uh, such a young girl went to the post office and you know, her life, she lost her life. And mm -hmm. I think that's what I was feeling like. Yeah. My heart was sore. Yeah. Especially when we heard like the tragic way in which he died. It, mm. As more and more details were were, were revealed, it's, it, it just became more and more sore. Mm -hmm. It hurts. Yeah. It, mm. it really hurts. Yeah. 
mm-hmm. not totally understandable um and uh i'm sure a lot of female figures out there can relate mm-hmm. to what you uh, to what you're experiencing and what you've experienced i um, mean what you felt and same applies to a lot of us male uh, figures and i just want to highlight something that you, you spoke about you know feeling unsafe when you're working um in the streets you know in working mm-hmm. to lectures and everything and i i i i i i when I say I experienced something after receiving the news of Nene, um, and just generally every, anything, everything that was happening around, which is the fact that um, just every day there, there were xenophobic attacks, there were uh, women being raped and killed, kidnapped and everything. And I, myself as a male figure, felt unsafe. Mm-hmm. And I just want to highlight something. I'm not putting myself on the spot here. I just want to um expose something that i've never felt before which is how women feel every day on a daily basis and i asked myself okay if i'm feeling like this for this week and this is the first time mind you i'm feeling like this unsafe that when i'm walking on the streets i have to look behind my back and you know check who's following me and all that um how what more of women when that when they are born after they are born they are prepared to say okay you know what you need to look behind your back you need to be safe at all times as if that entirely depends on them because i had a lot of complaints um not necessarily complaints but concerns uh from from my female friends saying that you know what i would tell them okay just try to be safe and they would say as if that depends mm-hmm. on me you know because obviously it's it's not it's not up to her like like us men take advantage of of females you know and and without saying much i just want to ask you sorry i just want to ask you of um if you have any message mm-hmm. to uh, the females encouraging message you know anything at all um comfort whatever you want to pass on to the female figures out there um yeah um i think i'm also saying this to myself so this Mm. message is also to myself that you know this you know in like in the bible we Mm. were warned that you know the world is an evil place yeah and i think that's what everyday life does to us we we forget Mm. and in times like this i just i just like kind of reflect on how fleeting our time is on this earth and you know i mean i'm just a 21 year old girl i can't really fix everything that's wrong with south africa and the patriarchy but i can i can draw my joy like my the strength uh sorry the joy of the lord is my strength Mm -hmm. in that lucky for me my my hope is eternal Mm -hmm. and we we will suffer in this earth and it won't be our fault and i think that's just what comforts me in that you know at all times one of my friends was saying Mm -hmm. this week that at all times we just need to make sure that you know our 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 matter with god Mm -hmm. is right yeah and i mean it sounds very depressing Mm -hmm. i know but we just need to understand that you know nothing is guaranteed Mm -hmm. and while we still can let us live holy and righteous lives. Yeah. Let us draw strength from our, cre- sorry, our Creator. Mm. Mm. 
yeah no that's 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 deep stuff right there no thank you for sharing that um and that was just to comfort the female figures out there struggling with um struggling for closure uh after nina's death and concerning gender-based violences and i just want to if you have any um, message for the male figures <laughs> out there if you want to say anything at all to the um, male figures. yeah look my my deepest you know what i really wish for men mm-hmm. and I, I really wish this for every man really i wish mm-hmm. for every man to submit himself yeah to you know the the love mm-hmm. and the lordship of christ yeah and i think when we have received mm-hmm. this love that god has so lavishly given us mm-hmm we recognize first of all our own wretchedness yeah and we t- we start to value ourselves mm-hmm. because you know this wonderful creator mm-hmm. has valued us and once we value ourselves mm-hmm. we can value other people yeah and you can imagine a world where every man looks at a woman and thinks you know that's god's precious daughter mm, that's your that's, you can imagine yeah, what kind of world yeah, that, would, that be. would be and i understand that that's not possible and you know that's another topic for another day but um sort of a more practical thing is um yeah just like deconstructing your masculinity you know asking yourself like why do why do i identify as a man Mm. and a lot of men and i'm generalizing here but a, a lot of men um identify as men because of you know um sort of the biological sex they were assigned at birth Mm. and i mean that's not what makes a man yeah that's just you know a compilation of salts very true yeah Yeah. and what what makes a man a man Mm. i think if men can can really answer that like Mm. these are the things that make me a man Mm. i think once you are really secure in that identity Mm. you won't need to exert your masculinity on other Mm. people you won't need to be violent towards others yeah. because you're sure of who you are as a person. Mm. And if you, you know, pass by the street and you see an attractive woman mm. and you greet her and she doesn't greet you back, you know, that won't make you angry. Yeah. Because you won't feel mm. entitled to someone else's recognition because mm. yeah. you, you, you feel that worth within your own self. Mm. And so what I'm noticing is that a lot of, a lot of what masculinity is mm. is what feminine femininity isn't mm. so it's almost like men define themselves as men because i'm not like a woman yeah and i mean if you're using women yeah. to define masculinity then and you you disagree when people say gender is a social construct it, you need to have i guess what i'm saying is that you need to have sort of a logical story a logical Mm. explanation of you know these are the characteristics Mm. that i embody that make me a man yeah and it can't be like i drink beer Mm. i don't drink pink drinks yeah i mean that's not an identity i don't i don't put on nail polish i hate shopping that's that's no way to identify sure okay yeah yeah Okay. Yeah. Okay. I'm. I'm still. I'm still processing that uh, because it's. It's quite deep. Even I'm. 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 I'm touched. I'm moved. Um. By that. And I'm gonna take that into practice consideration first, and then practice. Um. In. In obviously the. The, the physical world. Um. And. I mean, obviously you mentioned that this is this. 
all, all the practicalities that you mentioned that men should be doing um, obviously originated from the spiritual where they know their identity uh, fr- uh, within Christ, if I may put it that way. Um, so I just also want to highlight something quickly that one of my female friends asked me um, I think last week, sometime last week. And she asked me, Hore, do, do men feel entitled to, to female bodies? I'm not, I'm not sure if that makes sense. But do they feel a sense of, pos- of, of you know, possessing, mm. um, if I may put it that way also, female bodies, controlling mm. female bodies? And I, and I said, and before I recorded, I actually thought of it, that, you know, actually that is how well i can speak for black communities and obviously not all of them but a majority of black of black uh, of of us in the black community we are raised to say okay you are a man like you said because you are not a, 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 a woman mm. um and we sort of we sort of misunderstand how that should be described literally from the word go because it's 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 giving us ideas of okay i remember myself i wanted to grow up and marry a, a woman because she cooks because she cleans because she looks after the children because she does everything else that i'm lazy to do do you understand and so um that's the main reason i wanted to marry and obviously she can bear children and those kind of things so it's it's this tool that we, we are taught that okay a woman is this tool that does this and that and that and that and obviously without the 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 grown-up saying okay this without them actually saying that okay you know this is a human being mm. already we cancelled that thing yeah. we, we're like okay they are not human beings subconsciously it's cancelled they are not human beings they are tools to be used they are props you take them you put them in your house and they do stuff for you and then you come back they please you when you want to be pleased and so i think that's why a lot of men now still don't understand a lot of us men let me put it that way still don't understand the 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 hashtag movement hashtag um all men are trash movement um and we think it's anti uh anti-male figures which is definitely not. Mm-hmm. Um, and so without without wasting any um, further time, thank you for sharing that. Um, and I'm just going to ask the people, since now we're going to take a drastic shift from mm-hmm. gender-based violence into mental illness mm-hmm. um, in another context. Mm-hmm. But maybe they're not separate. Maybe then, yeah. They're, well, they're not mutually exclusive mm-hmm. for, for sure. But I mean, in this case, we're going to be looking mm-hmm. at your, your experience in, in dealing with... Yeah. mental mental illness in the past in the past years unless obviously mm-hmm. um they are merging with what we're talking about now yeah. um so i'm just gonna be i just want to reassure um the listeners that w- what we're gonna be talking about now is entirely due to our own experiences shika's experience and mine and the facts that we have read um somewhere along our our lives and duly entitled to our own opinions so please feel free to message me on my podcast if anything um if you feel like i said anything offensive or shika said anything offensive or directly message me on whatsapp or instagram uh, page which is um at matters of the mind um at any time so shika i just want to ask you about your your you know mental illness experience Mm -hmm. that you went through because you mentioned you went through um 
some difficulties in the past and i just want to hear um i I just i don't want to put like a restriction to this question (laughs) but i just want to hear from you um just generally your experience and also one last thing sorry um the um this there's gonna be a part one of this podcast and a part two of it 30 minutes 30 minutes so thank you yeah you can can. um okay so thank you thank you level um so in 2018 so last year Mm. last year i was in my second year of occupational therapy Mm -hmm. um and um i well to give a a clear account let Mm. me start at the beginning okay so i did matric in 2015 Mm -hmm. and i really wanted to be a doctor you know it was something that i was super passionate about and Mm. and convinced that Mm. you know this is my life's calling Mm. and you know when you're 18 you really believe that yeah the degree you study is really the start and end of your Mm. life and Mm. you know that's who you are you're a doctor definitely (laughs) and you know i didn't get into medical school in 2016 so i went to another university in pretoria Komendunta, mm-hmm. I was there, and then it, so even while I was there, I still wanted to be a doctor. Yeah. And then I applied to UCT for medicine and OT, and then I got in for occupational therapy. And even here in 2017, when I was doing my first year of occupational therapy, I still wanted to be a doctor. Mm. And sort of the whole, the whole story stems from like very far, but yeah. I'm just trying to give some context. Okay. In, in 2018, I came mm-hmm. to my second year of OT feeling quite depressed and um, excuse me hopeless and um very sad yeah that you know god didn't give me this thing that i mm. wanted and i worked so very hard for mm. and yeah i think the first few months of the year i just convinced myself i'm fine mm-hmm. i'm okay it's this is life you know god doesn't give you what you want mm. okay and you know you go on and in like around march april i started getting very anxious yeah and i didn't know what anxiety was and and that's the funny thing with me because Mm. occupational therapy is in the health sciences Mm -hmm. faculty for those who don't know so at this point we had done a lot of psychology we had done a lot of psychiatry Mm. psychiatrists would come in and lecture us Mm. and i kind of knew the textbook symptoms yeah and I remember this one time we were on site at, I think it was Mitchell's playing, mm. yeah, for Block. And I was with my friends and we were interviewing this guy because mm. you kind of have to like compile case stories as mm. part of your assessment. And my, my hands started shaking. Mm. And I'm kind of leading, not leading, but I'm quite, I'm contributing quite heavily to the interview. Mm. And people ask me, are you okay? And I'm like, I don't know, I'm so scared. I don't know what's wrong. Mm. And then I stepped outside. And as I stepped outside, my uh, clinician Mm. came up to me and she's like, what's wrong? Let's go to the gym. Let's sit down. I'm like, I don't know. I'm just overwhelmed. I don't know. I don't know what's happening. I'm I'm shaking. I think I didn't eat. Mm. And she's like, okay, um, sure. Mm. You didn't eat, but you know. That's not really what's wrong. Like yeah. you seem quite upset and scared. And I'm like, I, I don't know what it is. I I'm telling you, I think it's because I didn't eat. I'm just I'm not feeling okay. Mm. And then I took a walk 
around the campus got some, some sunlight just for like 10 minutes yeah. and then i came back in and we concluded the interview okay and i should mention that at this time so this was maybe April, May. I, I, I'm not sure about the dates. At this time, I had already been seeing a therapist, mm. um, a psychologist, yeah. just to talk through this whole not getting into medical medical school. Yeah. So I think the Holy Spirit was just like nudging me to take care of this situation. In that, you know, I think psychotherapy provided containment yeah but it wasn't the whole treatment okay mm, yeah and my, my psychotherapist uh, my psychologist would like talk to me about anxiety and depression and i was just like this lady <laughs> like I'm, I'm upset about not getting into medicine yeah you know anxiety depression it's not that i don't have them but it's mm. not really like I, how can i not have it if i have this big yeah. thing and you know we talk and talk and i'd leave therapy feeling like crap mm -hmm. so this one day we coming back from class and i'm talking to my friends where bill was one of those friends mm -hmm. and i'm telling them you know this and this happened the the shaking thing yeah. and they're like when uh, you should see a doctor like that sounds hectic mm -hmm. and i'm like yeah you know and when i was younger I would faint a lot because yeah. <laughs> yeah it's not really a big deal it's yeah. just like my blood sugar kind of drops okay. so i'd faint mm. and get back up and eat and mm. be fine yeah so i'm like yo maybe get diabetes you know mm. now i'm looking for physical ailments yeah, yeah, yeah. ailments that yeah. don't even exist yeah. <laughs> they, they don't exist in mm. my body mm. and um so yeah um i'm I go to the hospital mm. here in, in Rondebosch yeah. and I'm seen by the doctor, explain my symptoms. They even do a, a blood, you know, that thing where they prick your hand yeah. to test your blood sugar mm. levels and whatever. And he's like, yeah, this is anxiety. Yeah. Generalized anxiety disorder. Okay. <laughs> I'm just like, dude, no way. No way I came all this way for anxiety. <laughs> I mean that's not even a real thing mm. <laughs> and that's that's what i'm trying to highlight is that even when you're exposed to psych psychiatrists and psychologists and you know mental health things mm. i think until you have a lived experience of being anxious or being depressed it mm. doesn't seem real mm. or valid mm. it kind of seems like a made-up thing mm. even though you know anxiety and depression exists yeah. and after that he's like yo you know i'm gonna recommend you to a psychologist and a psychiatrist mm -hmm. i'm like yeah i'm kind of already seeing see, a, psych a psychologist yeah. and he's like yeah okay maybe you should see a psychiatrist then that friday when i saw my psychologist it's like yo girl i've been telling you but she didn't say that <laughs> but like i could tell yeah, she yeah. wanted to, to, to tell me that mm -hmm. and then i finally um started seeing a psychiatrist i think three or four weeks later because yeah my function had declined so much yeah. i wasn't in class i wasn't eating i got physically ill i started coughing and i couldn't explain why i was coughing mm -hmm. and then i went to the doctor's office i remember i was coughing the psychiatrist now mm -hmm. coughing 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 and she's like can you see how sick you are yeah and she said no this is clinical depression this is after my first exam June mm. last year so what happened is that I didn't write the first exam because mm. I was just too sick I couldn't yeah. make sense of the words 
I've written these cute little flashcards because we were studying muscles and yeah, yeah, yeah. So you need to know where the muscle, like what nerve mm. it's connected to what muscle, what that muscle does mm. and whatever. And I'd look at those things and they wouldn't even make sense. Mm. So um yeah, so she she said, dude, you're sick. Clinical depression. I'm gonna prescribe some antidepressants. And I'm like, hectic, wow. Mm. Like it's now I'm even it's clinical now. I mean, mm. yeah, depression, yeah, kind of you know, I've I kind of be knew that maybe I could have it. Mm. But now, you know, medication, medication is, involved. is involved. Like it's now finally yeah. real, if it makes sense. Yeah. So yeah, that's my journey. I was diagnosed with clinical depression last year mm. and that cough mm. turned out to be TB. Yo. So I also had TB at the same time and there were some very, very hectic things happening Yo. with my period. My hormones were just all over the place. So yeah, the depression also made me physically ill. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, I mean, like you said, I mean, we, we, we study a lot of things in the textbook mm-hmm. and they tell you about how, um, you know, the m- m- psychological issues can actually manifest into mm-hmm. the physical. And you're actually the first person to come here and tell me of how, you know, physically it manifested mm-hmm. in your life. And, and you know, it, it sounds... I'm just gonna say real. <laughs> Sounds very real, mm-hmm. and and um, so I'm just gonna I'm just gonna do like a like a like a follow up kind of questions mm-hmm. onto how um, you know you 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 were coping with it if you're still um, dealing with it how are you managing it now mm-hmm. and you know how well are you coping with it and that's gonna be in. Uh, part two of the podcast Mm -hmm. so thank you so much for sharing that experience um with us here the podcast you're welcome yeah (laughs)